Welcome to the Consumer Rundown News Podcast, your destination for the people, companies, and trends transforming today's consumer markets. I'm your host, Alec. Today is Friday, February 9th. We begin today's rundown with an interesting twist in a product category that you might consider a little boring. Water filtration. Britta, the water filter jug giant, has bought Lark, the company behind those fancy self-cleaning water bottles, equipped with UVC light technology to neutralize bacteria and odors. Remember, there's a weird history where Brita is actually two companies, Brita GmbH, based in Germany, and the Clorox-owned US version, which Brita GmbH spun off and sold in 1988. Due to the old sale agreement, Brita GmbH can't sell in the American market under its brand name. Brita isn't just buying a snazzy product. Lark gives Brita an inroad to the huge American market with an established brand. Lark gets the advantage of Brita's retail footprint and distribution channels. For consumers, this could mean cheaper UV tech. Lark bottles are pricey, but Brita has mass production power. The success of the deal will hinge on integrating Lark seamlessly into Brita's brand and executing a compelling marketing strategy. They need to convince consumers that the premium price tag is justified for the added features and convenience. Next up. At Costco and Kroger, big changes are coming to the C-suite. It's the end of an era at Costco. Longtime CFO Richard Galanti, a 40-year veteran, is stepping down with Gary Millerchip, the seasoned CFO from rival grocery giant Kroger, replacing him. So, why is Kroger's CFO moving to Costco? Both are warehouse-style titans with different strengths. For Costco, Millerchip brings insights from Kroger's digital push. Remember that giant deal with Okado to build robot-run warehouses? He could accelerate Costco's need to play catch-up against its brick-and-mortar rival Sam's Club when it comes to e-commerce. The timing is notable. The Kroger-Albertsons merger isn't finalized and with regulatory scrutiny high. The exit will allow Millerchip to step out and transition to a new CFO before the deal enters its next phase. Next, we'll focus on yesterday's quarterly earnings. Under Armour reported mixed results for their third quarter. On the positive side, it beat analysts' expectations for earnings per share, coming in at 19 cents compared to the projected 11 cents. However, it fell short on revenue, generating 1.5 billion, a 6% decrease compared to the same period last year. This decline was driven by a 7% drop in wholesale revenue, partially offset by a 3% increase in direct-to-consumer sales. While the EPS beat offers some encouragement, the overall revenue picture raises concerns. Under Armour is facing stiff competition from industry giants in the lucrative athleisure market. To overcome this, Under Armour is making strategic moves to regain momentum. They're doubling down on core strengths like innovation and performance apparel, streamlining their brand portfolio, and investing heavily in digital marketing to reach younger generations. As consumer spending trends continue to shift Under Armour needs to adapt quickly. It needs to offer competitive prices while maintaining their premium brand image, which has traditionally been a balancing act. Hershey also released its fourth quarter results. Net sales saw a slight increase of 0.2%, but adjusted earnings per share remained flat compared to the previous year. There are some bright spots. Price increases helped offset rising ingredient costs, and the international business saw strong growth. It's also investing in brand and capability development, which could pay off in the long run. Nonetheless, Hershey's is facing competition from new players and healthier alternatives. 
the toy company behind Barbie, reported its fourth quarter, and it's a story with some twists and turns. Net sales increased 16% compared to the previous year. However, earnings per share were lower than expected. Strong sales of Barbie, Hot Wheels, and Fisher price lines drove the revenue growth. It also benefited from increased licensing revenue and expansion into new categories like preschool toys. But flat earnings despite positive sales is concerning. Rising production and shipping costs ate into its profits. Additionally, investments in marketing and digital initiatives might not have seen immediate returns yet. We'll catch up with the rest of this week's earnings on our weekend episode. Finally, we end on some big fundraising news. Encore Consumer Capital, a private equity firm focused on the consumer sector, just closed its latest fund, raising over $250 million. So, why the big raise? There are a few factors at play. Firstly, the consumer sector remains resilient despite economic fluctuations, offering attractive investment opportunities. Secondly, Encore has established a strong reputation, attracting investors seeking exposure to this growing market. Encore focuses on niche brands with strong growth potential and defensible moats. They often partner with experienced management teams and help these brands scale strategically. That's all for today's Consumer Rundown News. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories about the people, companies, and trends transforming today's consumer markets. Don't forget to hit subscribe and visit ConsumerRundown.com to stay up to date with all consumer news. And listen to this week's interview with the co-founder of Bezel Quaid Walker. Consumer Rundown News is produced and edited by Penny and Dimitri. 